is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, August 18th. The excitement is palpable. I'm telling you. Fantasy football draft season. I love it. I love that there's something finally that's making me a little bit happy here in 2020. And I love that I have drafts each of the next three weekends. Home league drafts, backyards, stickers on boards, adult beverages, bad food, all of it. All of it good. Good people, all of it good. All of it good. It's exciting time. So on the show today, as promised, I am going to give you the draft day checklist, the 10 items that I think you need to accomplish on draft day to build the best possible roster. This is a super helpful tactic that I've used over the years. And, uh, you know, some of the sometimes we do things and we don't even realize that they can be a thing for other people. This is something I've done for so long, but this is the first time I've ever actually written about it, which is, is mind-boggling to think about, but hey... I'm a little slow. What can I say? Anyway, that's what we're doing on the show today. Before I get into that, I will tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, of course. And if you like to play daily fantasy sports, then you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites because... On monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps, and you don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, You'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. I love free money, $50. Free money. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into. When you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports, sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Uh, And seriously, the best way to help me out right now on this podcast, just go and sign up. Play it. It's fun. Really, it is fun. And you get $50 for free. You get a a free game, $5 game too. So it's really $55 if you put $50 in. $105, hunch, turn that into a mill. No, probably not that much. But but you could still make a little bit here this year. You could definitely make a little bit. So go sign up. Use the promo code RANT. It's the best way to help me out to keep this pod going. All right? There we go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, so let's get into it. The draft day checklist. So this isn't things that you're doing before the draft. Obviously, before the draft right now, you're prepping. You're making sure you know the players as much as you can, uh, studying up the information. Maybe if you're a little bit more advanced, doing your own rankings or projections, that sort of thing. I don't think you have to do that to be successful in fantasy football. You know, I really don't think so. Maybe in DFS to be like a high-volume DFS player or a high-volume better you kind of do have to do some of that stuff, but I, I don't think you need it for fantasy football in your home leagues, season-long home leagues. I don't think so. But you do need to do the prep work, and you do need to run through the expectations. You also need to be well aware of things like your league settings, right? And the you know I've talked about this a bunch this offseason, heading into fantasy draft season. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. The fewer starting spots you have, the less valuable a position is going to be relative to other positions. So if you have two starting running backs 
two starting wide receivers, a flex, and a tight end. The wide receivers are much less valuable in that format than where I would have them in my overall rankings because in my overall rankings, they are based on three starting wide receiver spots. So something to consider there, and that is going to move things around on your board. You know, just, just to consider that. Now, mentioning rankings, I did put up today a free set of rankings at FTNFantasy.com, fully updated PPR overall, gave you the top 150, so that'll, that'll get you started, that's a pretty good start right there, top 150, FTNFantasy.com for those, and of course, a lot of people asking me about my draft board, you get that in the game plan, that's our draft guide which uh, essentially it's a PDF file that you download. It was just updated last week. The final update will be coming here next week, unless something crazy happens after that. If something crazy happened, of course, I would throw another update in there. But we had it planned for four versions. V4 drops next week to get you set up for the biggest fantasy football draft day of the year, which is the 29th this year. Anyway, that's where you get my personal draft board. So the, the long story short, you're doing the prep work now so that when you're there on draft day, you don't have to do a lot of thinking. People who think on draft day tend to make mistakes because you tend to overthink because you didn't ultimately do the work. It's like when you're 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 at an exam. <laughs> Remember those days? Maybe you're listening as you're still in college or possibly even in high school and you know those days right now for you. When you show up to the exam and you haven't fully done the prep work, the studying beforehand, and you don't know the answer to the question. You know that feeling where you're sitting there and you're like, mm, huh, mm. you don't know the answer. You don't want that to happen on draft day. Because how often do you get the answer right on the darn test? <laughs> right? Probably not very often. Probably, you're, you're guessing. And I don't, we don't want to be guessing. So we want that prep work out of the way. We want to be there fully prepared. Sure, if we are of age, enjoying adult beverages or whatever we want to enjoy on a draft day, but not having to think, really having to react to the draft board and what the board is going to give us, what our opponents are going to give us, right? So all of that happens before. That's not on the checklist. The checklist is literally for draft day. The things we want to accomplish on draft day to put ourselves in the best position to build the best possible roster. So the first Item on my checklist is draft for value in the first five rounds. Don't lock into positions. I can't tell you how important this is. I will get so many questions at this time of year, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the radio, whatever it is, where people will ask me about drafting. Do you think I should go running back in the first round, wide receiver in the second round, running back in the third round? And and I always say, I no, I don't think you should do it, but I don't know what's going to happen in your draft. I mean, I can give you a reasonable guess as to who's going to be there for your first pick in the first round. I can do that. I don't know who's going to be there in your sec- in the second round. Maybe if you're early second round, I can give you a list, but I don't really know what value is going to fall. And I will tell you, most people are chalky <laughs> these days. Even the people who don't study, don't do the work, they're pretty good in the first couple rounds because overall rankings are pretty good in the industry. And whether you're using mine or whether you're using free rankings like Mike Clay's at ESPN or whatever you find out there, then you're going to have a pretty good set of rankings. And you're going to be able to be just fine in the first couple rounds. However, people will make subtle mistakes where they will maybe lock themselves into a position and they'll let a little bit of value slide to you. Take any bit of value you can get in the first five rounds. 
Don't go into it saying, I'm going to take X position in round one, Y position in round two, Y position in round three, X position in round four. If you do that, it's a mistake. It's a big time mistake. So typically, and this will play into something I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but typically I do notice that running back is the best value in the first round, and then wide receiver value tends to be better in the second round. There's a little bit of running back value, but I don't love it in the third round, so oftentimes I'm seeing wideouts there and then running back value in the fourth round, but it doesn't always work out that way. And your opponents could make a mistake, and you don't want to go in saying, well, I had this plan, therefore I can't do anything else. You have to be flexible on draft day. It is so important, especially in those first five rounds. Now, I will say this. Let's say that you get crazy value at running back, and you go running back, running back, running back. Well, obviously, in the fourth round, if there's somehow still value, which I highly doubt that happening, but if there is, I would fade it and then go wide out because now you are you know really have to adjust to what you did in the first three rounds. So keep in mind that it could be you know draft for value in the first three to five rounds based on what you do over those first three rounds. But even so, you're still probably going to be grabbing a little bit of value at wide receiver, depending on how things shake out. Just don't lock into positions. This is only for the early rounds. Once we get into the middle rounds, our roster construction starts to take shape, and you do have to adjust your approach in the middle rounds. Not much. It's it's very subtle. It's just you can't just be constantly scooping value because you could overload. You can end up with a, you know too, too many wideouts and then kind of leave yourself thin at possibly tight end or running back or whatever it is. So just be careful and adjust. Over the first three rounds as well, I do want to minimize risk. That's the second item on my checklist. It's really for the first three rounds. Once we get outside of those three rounds, I think it's fine to start taking more risk. And then once we get into the middle rounds, I'll talk about this in a minute. So first three rounds, that forms that core of your roster, that little trio that I love building regardless of the format. That trio in a super flex league for me is always, first three rounds is always going to be a combination of running backs and wideouts. I'm not going to draft a quarterback unless, you know, if somebody said, hey, Jeff, will you say that, but what if Lamar's there in the second round? Sure, I draft him. Show me the league where he's going to be there in the second round of a super flex. Ain't happening. He's going first, second, third. That's it. Not getting past that. Ever. So yes, in theory, yes, I would, but it ain't going to happen. So I form that core, and this is true regardless of the league. If I'm in a non-PPR, if I'm in a half-point PPR, I'm in a super flex, I'm in a PPR, I'm forming that core, and it's composed only of wideouts and running backs. That's it. That means, yes, I am fading tight ends here. I'll talk about that in a minute. So minimizing risk, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's very sexy. When you put his sticker on the board, you're going to get a, a bunch of either oohs and ahs or people who are kind of dejected because they were hoping that he would fall. It's going to be a wide range of reactions. But he is not one of the safest picks. He's going to go in the middle of the first round too, by the way. So if you think you're getting him at like 111, yeah, good luck. <laughs> Ain't happening. Ain't happening. But at, let's say you're choosing between Dal Cook and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's tempting to go Edwards-Alaire because of the allure, the the appeal of the upside of the rookie, blah, 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 in that offense, blah, blah, blah. But Dalvin Cook has plenty of appeal as well, and a run-heavy offense is going to feature him, especially in the red zone. And we have more of a proven track record. He's safer than Edwards-Alaire in the middle of the first round, so therefore I go with Dal Cook. He is not safe. There is no such thing as safe. Well, maybe Michael Thomas. <laughs> maybe him. 
But otherwise, no. I'm not saying safe, safer. So I'm minimizing my risk. There's risk that comes with Dal Cook, but I think there's a little bit more that comes with Edward Zulaire. And I'm only picking him a few spots behind this, by the way. But you have to sort of have your risk tolerance in place in those early rounds. All right, moving on to the next item on our checklist. Prioritize high ceiling wide receivers and running backs in the middle and late rounds. So safe is going to work in the early rounds for sure. But when we get into the middle and late rounds, we want to draft for as much ceiling as possible. I had somebody hit me up on Twitter and said, you know, what do you think of my team? And it was really solid at running back. Uh, he waited at quarterback, um, you know, waited at tight end. But I noticed that a lot of the wideouts on the team were very conservative type picks. You know, it's fine if you grab a Keenan Allen. You know, it's fine if you grab a few of those guys here or there if the value's right. But when you start loading up on guys like Larry Fitzgerald in the late rounds, you know, Jamison Crowder in the late rounds or middle, middle to late rounds, Golden Tate. You know, when you have too many of those guys, it really limits the overall upside of your roster. Because think about it, to win a fantasy championship in a 12-team league, or even a 10-team league for that matter, you basically, you have to hit a home run. Like, you can't be hitting singles all season long and and win. Maybe you can get away with that if it's a points-only league where you're just matriculating points every single week. Even there, though, I think you're going to have your work cut out for you. But you really have to hit a home run. You have to swing for the fences, and I don't want to do that week in and week out where I'm making conservative plays to make sure that I'm maximizing points out of my roster. I want to do it now. I want to draft for as high a possible as high possible ceilings as I can to really maximize that roster. So, you know, hitting up those high ceiling running backs and wideouts, prioritize them. The fourth item on my list: draft one top ten running back. I don't think you need more than one this year because there is some decent value at the position as we move forward, but getting one of the top 10 is important. Now, if you're going early in the first round, your job is easy. You're going to draft whoever the top guy is on the board, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara. It's pretty easy. If you're drafting in the middle of the first round, it, your job does become difficult You know, if you're considering between player running back and Michael Thomas. So Dalvin Cook or Michael Thomas or Derrick Henry or Michael Thomas. And I think you have to just know your league tendency and figure out if a running back is going to get back to you. Chances are they may not this year. They might if you know your league tendency, but chances are they may not in a 12-teamer. 10-teamer, you're a little bit more likely to see that top 10 running back come back to you. So if you went with Michael Thomas, but even so, I don't know if I would be going with Michael Thomas there. I'd still probably be looking at a running back in that position. Uh, now, in terms of the back end of the round, this is where you could get away with possibly taking if if Devontae Adams falls and you're like at 111 and you know that you know there's still going to be enough to come back to you after the turn, after the guy goes on the turn with his two picks. Then yeah, absolutely. You could you could look at going Adams there and then and getting a running back on the way back. Either way, it's just important to anchor your roster with one top ten fantasy running back. Doesn't have to be the top. Doesn't have to be the top. Draft four running backs before round ten. That's the next item up on the checklist. It just gets so thin. Like right now, through nine rounds, there's forty five running backs coming off the board. We're already in handcuff territory at that point. We're in the Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison. They're already off the board around earlier. So. This is where it becomes important to just monitor that. If you get out of the first five rounds with two running backs, then you really need to hit up two more before you get to round 10. 
Just be aware of that as you're going through the draft. This is the point of this checklist, by the way, just to remind yourself, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to look at running back when I'm up for this pick. Because sometimes we forget. You get caught up in the moment, right? That's the idea here. Next item, get a top eight fantasy tight end, but not a top four fantasy tight end. Now, this is a polarizing topic, and I know people are going to bring up issues of question marks with tight ends, especially the guys who I'm talking about in rounds six to eight. But I will tell you this. Having Kelsey or Kittle, I just don't want to do it. I love them as football players, but I'm not spending a second-round pick. I really feel like the value at wide out and running back, wide out in the third, running back in the fourth, is just too much for me to look at Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz in that range. So that really gets me into the six to eight range. If Darren Waller is on the board in the sixth round when I am up, I am sprinting to the freaking board to put his name up there. Sixth round is a steal. I'm probably not looking at Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, or Tyler Higby in the sixth round, but I am going to look at them in the seventh round and see, are all three of them there? How many picks is it till I'm up? Who has tight ends ahead of, or in between my next two picks? That sort of thing. If I can get to round eight, that's really where I'd love to, to take one, and I'll take whoever's left on the board. If it's Higby, I'll take him in round eight because that isn't really – now we're almost spilling into the late rounds here. And I found that this is a little bit of a dead zone for running backs, so I think it's a good place to be looking. That gives me a top eight, but not a top four on my board, which is really solid. Hitting that up in about round seven or eight. Now, for the second tight end, if you are going to draft two, which I think you probably should, draft as high a ceiling as possible. Uh, you know, Last year, we saw Darren Waller, speaking of him, put up big, a big, big, big-time numbers after being a late-round guy. Mark Andrews as well. I think you look at somebody like Dallas Goddard. You look at the Gesicki, Fant, TJ Hawkinson group. And if they're not there, you know, and it just sort of got by you, the draft got a little away from you, you could always look at Jonu Smith. You could look at Blake Jarwin. I don't think he has as big of a ceiling as Jonu Smith, but I don't mind it. I, I'm not on Herndon, but I know some people are, so you could potentially look at him as one of those late-round upside guys. Next item on the checklist, fade the top eight fantasy quarterbacks unless you're getting two rounds of value. This is crucial. That means for Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, for me to, to really pick either one of them, they'd have to be on the board in round four. That's not going to happen. But you may see it with one of the other guys like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. If they're on the board in round eight, then I would consider them. Now, you're in a home league. Maybe quarterbacks get drafted really early. I understand. You may say, well, why shouldn't I be drafting early then as well? We could do the old, hey, if everybody was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? But I'm not going to pull that, all right? Here's the deal. Eventually, they stop drafting quarterbacks. You don't need to follow their lead. They're going to stop drafting quarterbacks. And there's going to be quarterback value later on because there's legit 20 quarterbacks, give or take, who could be starting fantasy options any given week. So you're going to be just fine. You'll have your pick of the litter in the late rounds. But if you get one of those early guys at, val at two rounds of value on those guys, then I don't need to do anything else at quarterback. However, if you don't, the next item on the checklist, draft a safe option and an upside option in the late rounds. That's my safe and upside approach. It has worked very well for me recently. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were in this approach recently. But now I'm looking at getting a safe guy. So whether it's, you know, maybe a higher end safe guy like Breeze, Brady, even Rodgers would fall in there or slightly lower end safe guy uh, like Jared Goff, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and then pairing them with an upside guy 
Ideally, this year, it's going to be Daniel Jones or Cam Newton. I would also consider Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow as upside guys. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy approach. That way, you swing for the fences with the upside guy. You have the safe guy to fall back on. And if you have to drop the upside guy, you drop him after six weeks or so and you realize it just isn't working. That's how it goes. Finally, only draft a defense and or kicker if you're required by your league to do so. If you are not required to draft a kicker in defense, but you're required to start one, use those picks on wide receivers, use those picks on running backs late or whatever else, and you're gonna you're gonna have to maneuver, you're gonna have to drop before the season starts, but it gives you two extra, like essentially late round lottery tickets that sometimes I've done this and I didn't expect to keep the guys who I picked in those last two rounds and I ended up keeping them over on my my uh, uh, season roster over guys who I picked earlier. It can happen. It can totally happen. Now, preseason not happening does change things a little bit, but I'm still going to use this format this year. So there you go. Draft day checklist. If you want it written down, ftnfantasy.com. Also coming soon, my popular article, The Draft Board. How I'm approaching fantasy football drafts here in 2020, that is coming very soon at FTNFantasy.com. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show on iTunes. If you haven't already, please do so. It's really easy to do. All you have to do is open up your Apple podcast app, find my show, The Rant, scroll down to the bottom, click the stars, and you're good to go. You can also review it. That's a huge help to me. Also, it would be a huge help if you sign up and play over at monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code RANT. Please help me out there. Help me out. Uh, also, you can follow along on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, tomorrow we'll be back with another pod fantasy football draft season, baby. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.